you just have to really listen to your body and know what it feels like. As much time as I put into running, I would put into taking care of myself outside of running too. Welcome to the Happy Feet Podcast. I'm Dave McMillan. I'm Cameron Twa. And this week's guest is John Bowser. Welcome. Hi, everybody. We're glad to have you, and thanks for doing this. And our first question we always ask everyone is, when was your last run? Uh, my last run was yesterday, and I've been mainly running on treadmills, and I did like a, a half marathon on the treadmill. Nice. Oh, wow. So that... I just bought a new treadmill, and it actually has an incline and a decline. So I've never seen the decline on those before. Yeah, it's yeah. only like a, like a minus 3% or something. It's not as much as the incline. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's a fancy one. Is... Do you feel like you're cheating when you're running downhill on a treadmill? No, it's not much of a downhill, <laughs> okay. so not really. I feel like I'm cheating sometimes, but not. It, I get to the one percent. I go, no, I can't. I got to be zero at least. <laughs> I, I can't even picture that. Is it, does it take some getting used to, or does it just feel like a normal downhill? You don't really notice the downhill that much, but okay. Do you, uh, do you mostly do treadmill running in the winter, or mainly? Um, I also do some skiing and snowshoeing, and so. Okay. Um, but I don't do too much running outside. I do a little bit, but not too much in the winter. Okay, uh, we're. Kind of like the best place to start. Let's take us back to the beginning. Where where did you st- where did you find running, or like where did you start? I, I only started running when I was forty nine. I was thinking about this on the way over, so I, I came to it later in life. Okay. And um, at my workplace, they had um, they uh, people at the workplace entered in teams into running event. So they asked me if I wanted to come and do a run, and so. I said, sure, I'll, I'll help with the team. And it ended up that I had a 10K leg and I really didn't know much about running. And I just vowed not to walk any and I made it through the 10K, okay, but I vowed to always train after that <laughs> whenever I did an event. <laughs> so like up to that point, so you've never really jogged or ran or? Uh... I did sometimes, uh, just just for myself. If I wasn't feeling, if I was feeling not so healthy and stuff, I'd go through okay. a period of a couple of weeks of running and just, until I felt a little bit better, but no, nothing steady or and no races. When I was a kid, I, you know, I did sports and stuff that involved running. But yeah, did what? 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 So what event was that? Uh, where you had the ten k leg, or what was? Oh, that? it was called it was called the Red Island Relay, and it was an event that you actually have. There was two running legs. There's two biking legs, like like a, um, a, a trail bike and SMP, yeah. a road bike in, in Prince of Adon. And then there was actually a canoe or kayak way. Oh, oh uh, cool. That's an event I think would probably be fun to have here. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great because you had a team and, and uh, I had a two person team. So we had to do later on that, that first event, I was on a bigger team. We each just did one, one piece of it, but yeah, so that was fun. And then, um, and then I, Later on that year, or the next year, I went to, I, I, I didn't run after that event. And then I went to, um, on a holiday, and I went to California first, and we ate out and did a lot of things. And I wasn't feeling very good, like I was telling you. So we went to Hawaii for the second part of our vacation, and I started running every day when I was in Hawaii. Oh, and nice. so then when we came back to Canada, I just kept running. And then there was there was a local event that came up, and I was like... Yeah, so obviously found something there you liked and just stuck with it. What, uh, what, what event was, was that when you came back? It was, um, like a, it was an 11, 
kilometer event. Okay. It's close to the town that I that I lived in. So nice. It was good. So they started doing events after that, and I really liked it. It was fun. Uh, what, when you're running in Hawaii, uh, is it along the road or uh, just picturing made, nice sandy beaches? <laughs> um, it kind of came out to a beach, but we were in a. In the beginning, like, did you find it was more of a struggle than it would be more recently, or like, was it hard when you started first starting out, or? It was. I didn't worry about how fast I was doing it. I just wanted to try to do it and try not to walk. Um, and just wanted to keep running. And so, and I often hear a lot of people say how um, boring running is because you're just running along. But as I started running more, I started to try to learn more about running. And so then it got more interesting. And I bought myself a, a watch, just a normal stopwatch. Okay. And so then I try to figure out kind of my pace after a while and and i tried to increase my distance and 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 tried to pick some events that i wanted to go in and just kind of had a goal to do that the thing that i really liked about it that i found really interesting was i was at an age where i hadn't competed in anything for a long time mm-hmm. i played hockey for fun and stuff like that but i hadn't done any sports or anything that i could actually compete in but i couldn't run it you're from pei or um lived there for a stretch or I lived there for most of my life. Been in PEI. I, I lived in the north for um, in in all three territories, but um, I went back to PEI just because my my parents were getting older and I wanted to be close to them. So yeah, I was there for a brief stretch myself, but I found for such a small area, they had like a really really big running community. Like um, the period I was there it was around twenty ten or so. Every weekend, there's uh, you could do a like a fun run or an event all throughout from like the spring right through the fall. Yeah, they have a really active uh, group of runners there. Almost Did, every weekend, in yeah. good weather. Yeah, they actually have one this weekend. Um, my friend's a race director there. It's called Freeze Your Gizzard. Oh, yeah. So it's like a half marathon. Okay, I've done that a few times. It's fun. Oh, yeah. nice. It's a few good events there. The the well. Charlestown Marathon. There's yep. the, the Brookvale Ultra. Yeah, I've done that race too. That's, yeah. that, that, that's like a 11, 25, and 50. Yeah, which I've done the 25. I think a couple of times. Okay, uh, it, that's like through the ski hill there. Or? Through the yeah, and it was the first time I ever did trail running, and um, trail running is quite a bit different than road running in the fact that you have to watch where you're going more. And I remember I was in that first race, and I'm running along and I think it was probably my third time of falling um, on my face that I was just laughing in the woods by myself yeah. <laughs> and I realized I better get up and keep running but yeah it's a lot different but I, I yeah I, I enjoyed trail running too it's fun there it is it's incredibly different trail running I really like it but it's I've I am so unaccustomed to it always looking down a bear could be looking at me I wouldn't see it I think I miss out a lot on a trail on a trail run but they are pretty fun I have a couple of friends who are really um, avid trail runners and they do road running too. But one night, one of my friends um, contacted me and said, Hey, we, we want to go for a run at Brookvale, that place you're talking about. It's a completely different, uh, uh, almost a completely different sport. Yeah. You're constantly engaged and it's more of a front and back motion. Yeah. With trail running, you get a lot of side action when you're jumping over yeah. stumps and twigs. And yeah. There's a lot more muscles there you don't normally engage. It, 
It's a completely different beast. In 2017, I did the New York Marathon. Oh, wow. And in that race, there was a lot of people, just the way they organized it, there were a lot of people that were, um, you could run into that were slower than you were. So I had to do a lot of lateral movement, and I was really glad that I had done quite a bit of trail running, so that helped a lot with that movement. Yeah. So how how did you get from, like, uh, how long did that take to build up to the marathon? Or at, at what points were you like, I'm, I'm going for it? I probably progressed um, faster than most people. The first year in 2012 when I started running, um, by that fall, I did a half marathon. Um, race and then I just kept trying to increase my running every week I tried to go up a few kilometers further until I could get up to a marathon um, like there's um, this lonely I ran all the way out as far as I wanted to go I think I was doing like almost a 40 kilometer run and then when I turned around to come back I, it was my first experience to really realize what facing into the wind really meant <laughs> so by the time I got back I was really tired but, that, yeah. yeah, there's a similar experience on the ice road here. You can you can be going one way, usually towards Deta, and it's nice, and you're like, oh, it's so amazing out. This is so great, but you don't realize that the wind was on your back. Yeah, and then you turn around, and it's it's just terrible. It's the worst experience ever. Yeah, that's what that was like. Yeah, yeah. when you're training for a marathon, like, did you do a program, or is there do you have a certain training schedule you kept, or? When I first started, I didn't. I just kept it one myself. I talked to a friend of mine and he told me like that he increased it every week. So I just tried to do that. I only had a, a stopwatch and didn't have anything else. So I had to kind of map it out on the computer of where certain checkpoints were so I could tell what my speed was too, yeah. and, um, where I was at and how long it might take. But I just wanted to try to get up to the distance and I didn't know that much about it. I was trying to learn a little bit about nutrition along the way and um, bringing stuff with me, what I should do. And I eventually got up to a marathon. <laughs> where does uh, where do you stop? Where's your, like you got to a marathon. Now you've done more than a marathon. You do ultras too, right? Like how far um, do you want to go? It sounds like an odd question, but. <laughs> what I ended up doing was not so much uh, thinking about the ultras then. And, and I, I haven't really done much ultra running. So mostly marathon running. I think I've done 26 marathons now. Oh, wow. And so after I did my second marathon, I decided that I wanted to try to train to go to Boston. And so then it took me till my third one of trying to actually make it. I, I remember how, how exciting that was. So back to your question, Cam. Over the years, what I started to do was thinking about doing triathlon. And so I wasn't, uh, I never took swimming lessons. I wasn't a strong swimmer. So I enrolled in a master swim program yeah. um, in my hometown. And so, and a lot, there were a lot of triathletes in there. And a lot of my friends were triathletes. So I started to learn how to swim. Um, I've never actually done a triathlon. Oh, um, no? And no. And I bought a bike, you know, I was, I was doing that for a while before I moved here. So, yeah. Yeah. But I was inter more interested in doing that. I, I did start to do trail running too, and I enjoyed that, but I didn't really have a goal for a lot of long distance ones. I'm more interested now. I, I signed up for a, a last year for a 70 kilometer uh, run in New Brunswick, but they ended up canceling the run, so I didn't go. So I, I, I might be interested in doing some of those. Yeah. Well, I had a, a friend of mine who was saying that he wants to run 100 miles and he wants to train to do his fastest marathon. And I was like, I don't know that you can do that kind of training at the same time. A hundred miles and your fastest marathon training, it's, they're very different. Like when you're doing such long distances, you're aiming at lower speeds. 
it's a very conflicting training scheme, I would imagine, to do something like that. I know I got to half. Uh, I got to a marathon, and I was like, "Oh, I can understand why people would do more," but I don't want to do more right now. This was awful. <laughs> I think you can probably do both, but it depends on your timing, yeah. probably how you take care of your body to do that, and it depends how fast he wants to go for the marathon. Yeah. If it's really fast, it might be a little more difficult. But I think you could probably do both. I have a friend who is quite a fast. Um, ultra runner, but he also is a fast road runner too. Oh yeah, so he can do both. I, I want to jump back to we kind of glanced over Boston, but how did you attack that training different to guess to qualify for Boston, or was it just a progression from that time? Or did... I still didn't actually have like um, a GPS watch, and so a friend of mine lent me a GPS watch after I had done a couple times and failed, um, like trying to qualify. I was close. First time I was nine minutes off. Second time I was three minutes off. Oh, oh wow. that had to be uh, tough. <laughs> it it was tough close. because yeah, you were so close. And then so then the next time I blow the watch, and then partway through, I I wasn't used to wearing the watch. I hit the watch and it stopped. Oh no, oh, no. And so then I was asking people like, "What the hell?" You know, kind of thing. <laughs> and I started it again, but I didn't know where I was in the run, so I I wasn't actually able to know that. And so they told me, so I had an idea, but I said, there's no way I'm not going to qualify. So I ended up being six minutes under the time when I finished. Oh, wow. So I was really happy. And I think I smiled for two weeks after I qualified. Was, I'm so <laughs> wow. happy about it. Dude, uh, it was a hard struggle, right? To get oh, yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. yeah. Each time you're going back trying to get that qualifying time, like, were you doing anything different in your training program to. I started to actually have a training program, (laughs) you know, like a a more serious training program. I was running a lot of marathons after, um, by the time I qualified for Boston. I think I qualified in 2014, um, but I never went till 16 just because of the times you sign up. Okay. Um, But I was bumping up the amount of marathons I was doing. So my, my, I was learning more about nutrition. I was trying to learn more and more all all along the way Mm -hmm. and how about how to take care of my body, how to do stretching, and started doing some physiotherapy when I needed to, and just trying to learn a lot more about it. How, how much would you have been running during that uh, time? Like how many kilometers per week or every day? Were you going every day? or? So usually when I was training to go to Boston, I'd start in January, okay. and I would train for three months because it's in mid-April. Mm-hmm. And so during that three months, I would run probably over 1,000 kilometers. So you kind of, um, you build up and then you run through the training program. But before January, I usually took a break just okay. to give my body a rest. And, and I took a little, a little bit less of a break as the years went by just because too much of a break wasn't so good. Yeah. Harder to get back in. We, yeah. We've heard from a few other people that do that similar thing. Like they, uh, they're training for whichever events or no, they're doing that training every year. They'll take February or January off and instead of running, they'll just stick mainly to skiing or swimming or something just so the body can recharge or replenish or do whatever it needs to do to heal. And it's a really good idea to do. Depends how late in the, in the season from the year before too, that you're doing big events and stuff. Like when I ran New York, it was in November. So it's later in the season. So how was that race? Like, was it anything you expected or? I tried to learn and uh, what to expect. It was different than I thought, and then what I had uh, had had learned from other people. It's a it's a net downhill run, but it's also 
you're going up and down all the way through that net downhill. So there's a lot of hills involved in it. The other thing that was really different about other marathons, because there's so many people, yeah, that you can't do much lateral movement because they're so close and they're all around your same speed, mm -hmm. the way that they line people up. Okay. So you're running with a bunch of people that are around your same speed, and it's really hard not to go too fast at the beginning. So you have to just try to not go too fast. And it takes discipline, and that's what you learn as you go along, just that discipline that it takes not to go faster than you should. Nice. That's why I found with the Vegas half marathon is that everybody is just out the corral super fast, but they're not very religious about who they're putting in to each corral. Yeah. So you are kind of cramped a little bit, but then you're like trying to keep up with everybody because you think they might be close to you. Yeah. But they're not. They're <laughs> not. And you have to run in within yourself. And yeah. my fastest marathon I ever did, I really did that. I really showed myself the discipline. It was really hard to do though. And so that's the harder thing But when you get, when you're trying to, go faster or you want to make sure that you can maintain your speed throughout your marathon it's uh, it takes a lot of discipline so your fastest marathon was was by doing it at your right pace at my right pace that yeah. i trained for which is not faster it was the normal pace to, yeah that's did interesting you have a, GP, a gps watch for that i did okay. I, I borrowed that watch and i gave it back to the lady and she goes you, I might want to just give it to you because it's never going to qualify for Boston. Yeah. Again, which was funny, but I went out and I bought a watch and yeah, after that. Yeah. So then, it was good. They I got my kids to buy it for me for Christmas. Oh. Yeah. How, how many? You said 23? 26. 26. Yeah. Do you have, uh, what? which one's your most memorable? Or do you have one that sticks out as your, your favorite, I guess? I think that the, the New York Marathon was my favorite. Yeah. It was just. Um, it was it was really exciting. I went there with my daughter, and uh, we spent the, you know, um, uh, uh, we had a visit to New York at the same time, and we just enjoyed each other's company. But also, the run was really emotional because you're running with a lot of people, and there's like you're in Manhattan, and there's like big buildings, and it's exciting, and Times Square, and it's just really you have to keep your emotions in check, and then you end up in Central Park, and it's it's. It's really nice and interesting when you do that too. So that one was probably my favorite. That's something I'm kind of curious about. Like when you do have that much scenery, you're so focused on the run that you block it out, or do you get a chance to look around and see? Wow, I'm if I'm, in the if I'm trying to run fast, I don't see the things. And I remember I was in a, a, a race, and my friend, a friend of mine who is more of a casual runner. He said, oh, did you see that place that was for sale or something? And I was like, no, <laughs> yeah. I never saw anything. I was just focused on, because you're really paying attention to every little thing. In New yeah. York, it was, and some of the other big runs, it's, there's lots of people and it's fun. And so it's, you're, you're, you're not as focused for sure. That must be interesting too, because you have to work hard to get there. But do you work hard when you're there? Or is that like, oh, I'm going to take this in. I'm going to enjoy it. You know, like, it, it, is it your best time or is it? No, like I, I no. an experience. Yeah, I, I really take those big runs as just um, it's my reward for all the things I did to get there and all the training and everything. And I don't worry about my time in those big runs. Yeah, um, just because it is so important, just enjoy it too. So yeah, that's not where I want to be my fastest. It's probably not in those those big runs. Yeah. So yeah, so exactly like that. So I'll tell you a little story about New York. So 
I was all prepared and I had a friend who had run New York and she was actually my doctor. And so she told me when she ran in New York that it was really difficult to get to the start line. So she was really nervous and she didn't have too much fun. So I said, well, I can't let that happen. And it was kind of discouraging me for even wanting to do it in New York. But So I planned out my how I was going to get to the start line. I actually had to go and then go to the public library and take a bus from there and you go over the Staten Island um, Bridge and you actually, you actually um, run across the bridge on, and as the start part of the run. I went down to the subway that morning to get on. It was like five o'clock in the morning or something. The subway didn't come when uh-huh. it was scheduled to come. And I didn't bring anything because when you're doing the run, like you only have what you have on you. I only brought like the food I needed and stuff. I didn't even bring a wallet. So I didn't have any money or anything. I just had a card for the subway. And anyways, there were a couple other guys there that were doing the same thing as I was doing. I think there was a guy from Tokyo and there was a guy from Germany and there was a, um, a local guy and mm-hmm. myself and we were there. I said, oh my God, what am I going to do now? And so the guy said, let's take a, let's get, grab a cab and go. And I said, well, I didn't bring any money. He said, oh, don't worry about it. I'll pay for you. So the four of us from all these different <laughs> places, we, we got in the cab and we went there together and then we caught our, caught our bus and we made it to the start line. So that experience being with those people and we were all kind of enjoying it together was, was fun. Too. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, that was neat. Yeah. That's a great thing about those races. You, uh, you got to you might be running with someone for like two or three minutes and hey how are you where are you from yeah. you get to meet people you never get a chance to meet otherwise yeah how's it feel after a marathon how long does it take you to recover it depends it depends on the conditions of the marathon usually after that new york one would you take a week off before you start running again or a um, day or were you running the next day i ran again before i left new york Okay. A few days later, I just did like a, I, I just ran in Central Park early in the morning. It was kind of fun. And, um, they, they actually, there was a Zamboni, yeah. they have a rink in there. Oh, oh, cool. Wintery, yeah. Yeah, and so there was uh, a Zamboni out doing that. I was paying attention to what's going on around me when I'm doing those casual runs. So yeah, that was kind of fun to, to do that. I try to do a lot of walking and not stay uh, stagnant and just stretch a lot and um but yeah, I would take some time off, maybe sometimes less than other people. In, I think, 2017, I, I started the year off with a, a bunch of marathons. So I started with Boston, and I ran that one in April. Two weeks later, I ran um, one in Cornwall, Ontario. Two weeks later. Two weeks later, wow. I ran one in Cornwall, Ontario. Two weeks after that, I ran one in um, Fredericton in New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. And then um, three weeks later, I ran one in, another one in Quebec. And so each one I got a little bit. Each one I got a little bit slower. Okay. Because I wasn't fully recovered. Yeah. Okay. But I had to be really. I I had to try to recover, and I I kind of like that challenge of trying to recover too. Um, Each year I would do two half marathons, one in New Brunswick and one in Nova Scotia. The first one was in Nova Scotia, and that would be on Saturday, and then Sunday I went to New Brunswick and I ran another half there. Okay. And it was just that trying to have the discipline to get my body to recover in between was, was fun. That's, that sounds like quite the challenge. <laughs> yeah. With, with that much mileage and kilometers, like, have you, have you run into any injuries or? Yeah, over the years I did. Um, and I wouldn't recommend doing the marathons like I did that year. It's just, you just have to really listen to your body and know what it feels like. And you have to make sure that you, as much time as I put into running, I would put into taking care of myself outside of running too. So I knew that when I was bumping up my mileage, I'd have to do more stretching, have to make sure I put more time into my nutrition that I was doing, make sure I got more sleep. And so 
um, you have to do all those things along the way as well. So, but it was fun. And we're back. <laughs> and like we're back. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we're uh, talking there about how it's you can build from a half marathon up to a marathon, but it's super difficult to continue to build to like whatever the next thing is, like a hundred kilometers, and keeping a hundred kilometers in your back pocket, even a marathon in your back pocket. Like right, building up from a half marathon to a marathon is is totally different. Um, in a, in a half marathon, you like our body stores so much energy in in glycogen in your body, and when you go beyond a half marathon, you used up everything you started with. Eventually, that's why you hear people hit the wall. Yeah, around thirty k or thirty two k, they've used up all the glycogen. And so that's why it's really important that you learn a lot about nutrition because you have to build the glycogen by fueling along the way so that when you hit the 32, you've already, your body's producing more glycogen that you can use. And so that's why people are hitting the wall. So if you're going to build beyond the marathon, you have to keep, you have to keep fueling in the right way to be able to make enough glycogen to, to keep your body going. And also your brain, because some of the glycogen is used for your brain. So that's why you get a little dizzy sometimes and, and stuff like that if you're if you completely used it all up. So that's the thing you learn. I remember my daughter when I, even after I finished my first marathon, I didn't know anything about it. And part of it is I'm probably a little bit more stubborn than it should be, but I also listen to my body, so it's a little bit of both. But I remember my daughter coming up to me and saying, Are you okay, Dad? Yeah. And and then and then in the second one, my son came with us, and so it was me and my daughter, and my son, and my. I remember my daughter saying to my son, "Don't worry, Dad's gonna look not very good at the end, but he'll be okay." <laughs> yeah, but it's because if you if you're using up all that glycogen, so part of it is is um, being able to have the endurance to do it, um, but it's also about fueling and, and making yeah. sure that you can do that as well. And so that's a lot different than a half marathon because. You, you don't need to worry about, yeah. about the energy. So you can get through a half marathon with like one water stop or it, yeah. you, know, you, don't need, you don't really need the gels or the uh, Gatorade or anything. Just, no, no, I wouldn't take any fuel for a half marathon. I yeah, would but, take water, but yeah, but not fuel. Do you base that on time too? Like it takes me three hours to do a half marathon, like over three hours. Yeah. So I feel like I need to definitely take something in that time. And when I did my marathon, it was in Maui in 38 degree weather, yeah. and and I survived on two little Rice Krispie squares at the start, at the first aid station, and everything else was garbage, and I had a pack of Skittles, yeah, <laughs> and, and like that was not good. Somehow I got through it, but it was not good. I was fried in my brain. Yeah, you need electrolytes for sure, when, especially when it's that hot. So you wouldn't want to go too fast. There wasn't even water for but, the last eight k. But so, for a half marathon, your body doesn't actually need any fuel. There's enough stored in your body. Yeah, unless you did some of those races back to back, like I was talking about. Yeah, you know what I mean. That when I did a lot of that, I wouldn't have as much. So yeah. I would probably the one I did the back to back half marathons. I would fuel more on the second one. Have, I wouldn't fuel on the first one. Have you ever hit the wall? I hit the wall many times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it's mostly when you're learning about nutrition that you probably hit the wall and then you build up. Sometimes people think it's because they haven't trained enough or done enough distance it's not really uh it could be but usually not if you don't train for a marathon you're probably not going to do very well in a marathon but um if you're not also doing the nutrition that you need in the marathon then you're probably going to hit the wall so 
I hit the wall on many of my marathons, and I just find a strategy to get through, like how I get to the end. Of, but it's too late. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did one marathon where um, in Nova Scotia, where it was a really hot day, so they decided to start the marathon an hour early. And I didn't bring water bottles because there's water along the way, but they didn't have the water set up for us oh. early. So I never got any, I never got any water until the 15 k mark mm. on a really hot day. And I knew that I was going to struggle at the end. It was just yeah, part of it. Recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But actually it could be dangerous if there's like a number of people on there uh, that long, that distance without water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did that Voyager. Uh, thing in Ottawa. Oh yeah, I heard like of that. Five, ten, and a half. Yeah, and I, I was exhausted after. That was like the second time I did a half marathon, maybe. Yeah, and of course I decided, well, I'm traveling, and I might as well make it worth it. You know, just do them all. Why not? And so I did that, and uh, I bet you it was the last third of it. I couldn't do anymore. I, I was just walking. I had hit a wall of life. Yeah, some guy just wall. blasted past me uh, on the marathon. In a walker with a walker he was just leaning on his walker some old dude just like going along the road <laughs> was, oh boy am i ever slow but you know i'm making it yeah so you just have to know your body like you knew you couldn't run anymore, yeah right and that's what it's like when you hit the wall have those little spurts where you think oh i can do it i'm pulling through it no no i'm not <laughs> so there's even with the ultra training uh my last two long runs were six hours and I didn't hit a wall there, but I, I could sense that it took a long time to build up and, and the nutrition was super important. Managing 300 calories an hour, it didn't matter how far it went, it was just time. So it's trying to figure out the food, yeah. what's not bulky, what what works, yeah. what doesn't. I had a friend um, who did uh, his first 100 miler in 2019, and he asked me to come down and support him. Um, and he did it. In, um, where did he do it? He did it in Nova Scotia. And it was quite a hilly place, and we kind of knew the area. And so I had come down um, to visit him before then. We did some planning. And so we planned out his nutrition, and I bought some little containers, and he carried some with them. And then I could only see him at certain points. You weren't allowed to support him the whole way. You could only see him at certain points. I remember around the 80K mark, he came in, and he was like, he was near the front of the pack, but he was wobbling. Oh, yeah. And I had bought some pizza for him. And so, so he said, "Have some pizza." And, and then, um, and then he had a pacer going to start in the race with him around then. He wanted to get up and go, and I was like, "No, sit. You need to sit longer." Because he was, but he said, "Everyone's leaving." I said, "It doesn't matter. You need to sit there longer because you he needed to take in more fuel, and he needed to to make sure he could keep himself going." And then, so I also told the pacer, I said. My friend was a really competitive guy, and he wanted to try to win the race. And I, I know I know quite a bit about him and what he's like. So I told the pacer, I said, just stay one step ahead of him, and he'll always try to keep up with you. Um, but don't go too fast. Just really just pace it out, but keep one step ahead of him. And he did. Yeah. And it was good. And so then I had to support the pacer and him at the same time near the end. But um, he almost hit the wall then, but he got some nutrition in him. Yeah. And then he uh, got back on track, and then after that, he was he was okay for the rest of the race, and he ended up winning. There, just when I was doing the ultra training, there's a guy here in town, and he was trying to do a, a test run to see how fast he can run a half marathon. Yeah, and he did an uh, hour and sixteen minutes. It was incredible. He was so fast. Yeah, and, and he drank maybe 
maybe 300 milliliters of water in a time and maybe three quarters of one of those endurance tap little maple syrup things yep. wasn't much and then uh, he was a zombie at the end we had to pick him up with a truck he's laying right. in the truck recovering it he was spent completely gone and then he said oh, i'll come and help you out on your training run tomorrow my six hours and i said oh yeah that'd be great come cheer me on i guess or whatever around the track and he came out he did do quite a bit of running with me that day yeah uh, it was a good recovery run but i showed up with a co-op bag full of food just <laughs> so many containers of of mashed potatoes bacon this and that and he's like what is all that food yeah. and i said you are depleting your resources i'm trying to maintain my resources so i can be fresh at the end of this whole thing and not like you where you were crashed but that's the difference between what we were doing right endurance is different than spending your entire energy and you can buy supplements that you can take that's sometimes easier you got to kind of mix it up Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what my friend did for that when he did his ultra he mixed it up he had some real food but um he had you know some others that weren't quite as much so there's a run that that um he also did Nova Scotia one year, and I've never done the run, but I went and watched them. So um, we were talking a little bit earlier um, before the podcast about about my strategy for when I did the 12-hour um, endurance run. Yeah. And so in this race that they have in Nova Scotia, they you have to, it's, it's kind of like the last man standing. Oh, okay. So you do a loop. It was like less than 6K. And each hour, you have to finish it in an hour, and you have to be in the start corral. Um, by the end of that hour and if you're not there then you're out of the race yeah. and you have to be completely in like if you have one foot out you're not in and it runs until whenever whenever you do it so his strategy was to run 52 minutes and have eight minutes at the end to rest and he's a fast runner so 52 minutes he didn't try to do it really fast but he just tried to pace himself because he wanted to do it for a lot of hours and it adds up to a lot of kilometers by the end if you mm. think about doing six kilometers for 20 some hours right yeah and so um we would have his nutrition ready we would you know have everything ready for and he he ended up winning that race too but how um, how long did he go i think he went 20 uh, 28 hours or something like that wow yeah sticking to the 52 minutes whole time or pretty well one time his, his son was running too and his son got sick and he barely made it back oh. and so he, luckily he did but i was getting him like he, he wanted a milkshake or a hamburger <laughs> yeah. or whatever i'd also get, get him that food but Just yeah dealing with the the fatigue of being awake for that long would be and i stayed awake challenge. to help him which was good but at the at the last at, like there they had only 28 that you would do okay and so the very last loop you have to race Oh, okay. So it's so, like uh, almost like overtime. It's almost overtime. So oh. on his, the last loop, no one was left. So he he did it okay. himself, but he went as fast as he could. And then the next year he did it, there was actually someone left. And oh. they raced and he won. So he won a couple of years in a row. It's cool, eh? It was cool. kind of fun. So I, that was my strategy when we did the ultra was like I was going to do 52 minutes or something like that mm-hmm. and then have a few minutes to take some um, nutrition yeah. in and then keep going but then I realized pretty quickly how stiff I got yeah that was and quite a city. hot day yeah last year when we did it right yeah it was evil <laughs> it was it was like 30 degrees or something yeah so I just got too stiff and so then I figured uh, then I decided not to do that and yeah. this year if I do it I won't 
Did, I won't have that rest period, not so long. I might stop for a few minutes. Okay. My goal is five minute rest every hour. Yeah. Even if I want, if I didn't want it, and to, and I did have to be careful. I did get stiff getting up. Yeah. But but it was important to get that food in. But I did. I was finding that it was better not to eat while sitting down. Just take a break, sit around. Yeah. I liked eating better on the track while I was moving. Yeah. That's what they, a lot of people do with those. It's like a backyard ultra is what you're kind of describing yeah. before. And a lot of people might take a nap or, or something uh, and then eat while on the course. You just have to start, right? Yeah. So if you start and go and sit by a tree, you're good. But if you didn't start, you're out. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about running here versus uh, uh, back out east or down south? Or It seems like there's a... A fairly big running community there, in Yellowknife. There, there, There's lots there of people is. that are interested in running. I haven't gone to a lot of the events, but I know kind of the way that they're set up and that you have them. Um, you can get on that levy so many races and stuff. And it seems like there's lots of participation in it. Um, I thought a little bit about it, like um, what would what what could be the better um, or what may be a little different. I think that those a team event would be fun. Yeah. I also like our favorite running event in, in Eastern Canada, um, and even on people from Ontario came and some people from Maine came, was the Cabot Trail Relay. Oh, it's my so, favorite. Yeah. I, yeah. How many, how many like, legs have you done so far? I've done um, seven legs. Holy. <laughs> I've done North Mountain. I did all the hard ones first. So the, the <laughs> first time they, and sometimes I, the, when I, the year I did North Mountain, I did two legs that year. I did leg one and then also that's leg nine. Okay. So um, for people listening that don't know about the Cabot Trail, really, you run the whole Cabot Trail, but you do it as a team and there's 17 legs on it. And um, and some of them are harder than others, but it's a really fun event. There's some competitive teams, but there's lots of teams that are just there to have fun. And it's a, it's a really good time. It's a blast. And no matter what type of runner you are, People really enjoy that race. You have to, you have to be able to, like what they do is you, they start a leg of it. Everyone starts at the same time. You run to the end and, and you have to do it in a certain amount of time. If you don't finish it in that time, then they, they start the next leg and you get an, a five minute penalty or something like that on your time added mm-hmm. on. Um, and that happens sometimes that you don't actually make that we call it make the mat. And um, you do that all the way around. And the very last leg, you run into the middle of a small town, um, Bedeck, and there's more people in that town at the end of that race than there usually lives there. <laughs> and it's so exciting. There, there probably fun. is. Yeah. yeah, it's really exciting and fun. Yeah, so that it's really fun. I did the, the first year, they asked me to be on a team, and I said, okay. And they said, which leg do you want to do? And I said, I don't care. Give me one. They gave me like one of the hardest. Ones. Yeah. <laughs> and it had like 12 switchbacks running up the, this mountain, Mackenzie Mountain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and that's like 10. So anyways, I, I ran and just before the race, a, a guy I knew was in and he said he had done the leg before. And I said, oh, well, can you tell me about it? And the other thing is, is that it's turning night as you're running. Oh, that's right. So it's really dark. And, and I wasn't even used to wearing a headlamp or anything back when I first started. Um, but he said, just remember, when you get up that mountain, you get to the end, you still got seven kilometers of rolling hills to go. So save some energy. Don't like burn yourself out. He said, last year when I did it, I burned myself out. So that really helped me um, not to not to get too burnt out. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So I got kind of hooked on it after that. And I tried to tried to do it. And uh, the, yeah. yeah, there's those team relay events they're they're great they there's that one the 
I know back in Nova Scotia, there's uh, Rum Runners also have. I've done Rum Runners a couple times. Yeah, and it, uh, there's what's the one in uh, the Yukon? That's a Klondike Road Relay. Okay. I've done that one. But that, that's more like the biking one. I don't. It's a there's a running one from oh, what's it called? Skagway to to Whitehorse. Okay. I used to live in Whitehorse, but they didn't, I don't think they had the run part or maybe I just, I wasn't a runner then. So maybe I didn't pay attention to it. I knew they had a bike relay though. Yeah. That I, takes a different route. Okay. The, yeah. That some, would be fun. I'd love to do that. It was great. It's 10 legs. So some people do all the legs. Yeah. And, and that's more of a, like, once you get to your checkpoints, you just hand off a baton. So yeah. Yeah. it's almost a continuous. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like, where the cab trail relay, it's like 17 individual races. So you all and start he, at the same time. And you see each other every time, like at the beginning. Yeah. So you keep seeing the people that you end up becoming friends with. Like I've met so many people on that, the cab yeah. trail run. And there's like some very interesting people too. There's a well, one guy who dresses up at every leg. He's got a different <laughs> outfit on that <laughs> kind of thing. And he goes to everyone. <laughs> I also, it'd be hard might be a bit difficult to organize, but I'd love to put a team in from here because they they only have room for like 70 teams each year, but they yeah. kind of uh, try to make sure that if there's a team from somewhere outside of Nova Scotia, they yeah. try to get them into us so there's not 70 teams from Nova Scotia mm. competing. Yeah, that's his dream, to have a team from <laughs> yeah. Nova I know that. And, oh, and you're on the team now? Yeah. You're on the team now, and you get all the hard legs. Yeah. <laughs> I still on my old team, actually. We got accepted in for this coming year. If they run it, then we can go. Oh, cool. But, yeah, my goal was to do all 17 legs. Oh, there's 17. Okay, 17. I didn't realize there was that many. I there's, knew there was a lot, but there's 17 legs. Yeah, and, and they, yeah they vary inside. My wife did, did um, a lot of legs one year, too. It was fun. There's, uh, there's one guy who's been there from, like, the beginning, and he's uh, – it was this past year. I think he's just completed his uh, every leg twice. Oh wow! And he's he's late into his seventies, and he's still going at it. Yeah, I stopped in, in one of the legs before. There was a guy in about eighty, and I think he was finishing his last leg. So, and he didn't make the mat, so we waited for him just to see cheer him on because he was he, he was coming in. Nice. He had done it. It's a nice way to do it with the uh, letting everybody go at the same time. Yeah, uh, that was the one. Thing I didn't like about the Klondike because we were one of the slowest teams and it was very lonely. It's like doing a yellow knife race yeah. where you're alone for a lot. Yeah. And so it's like more, I was in the dark. I was on the princess leg, which was inherently down. Uh, there was rolling hills, but uh, so I had not a bad leg, but I'm slow. And <laughs> yeah. It, so I didn't see many people. Uh, and then as you go along, it's dwindle, dwindle. <laughs> Yeah, that would it'd be it'd be better to do it the way they did. I could have just imagined us running out the Ingram Trail to the end or back again or something yeah. like that might be fun. Or or so we could come up with something that yeah. would, would be fun to do. There's yeah. we we'll have the scheme. We'll have to chat afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I have a scheme uh, for Prelude and back. And yeah, I have all of the. I've I've come up with the concept. I just can't continue to organize so many races. <laughs> it's too many. Yeah, but it's really not that hard. There's, the rest stops are all spread out perfect. So, so one of the things that in Prince Edward Island where we had a big running community was is that we had an association. Mm -hmm. And then um, that association 
would take a membership every year, so they had a little bit of money, and they yeah. would sponsor some of the races, but they'd also allow other people to apply and, and um, have a race that would be run as well, and they would help them out. Mm-hmm. That may be a concept that might be good here, too. I don't know. Maybe it's, eventually. It's kind of similar. It's a, uh, So here we have the Beyond Life Multisport Club. They, yeah. uh, well, uh, I guess I'm president of it. Uh, I'm vice president. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's fairly small. Like all, all those events, most of those events during the summer um, are sort of run through it. But it's more... Yeah, if anyone has an event they want to do, um, it can be done through the multi-sport club yep. or health insurance. We have the equipment to provide and can help with like the advertising and that. The, the one in PEI, yeah, they, they do have like a actual membership. They have a, um, the end of the year, like a little award ceremony, a little thing at the end of the year for everyone, but we're not quite that big yet. Yeah. <laughs> And, and um, New Brunswick and Nova Scotia had one too. Like most places have yeah. some kind of association, which is fun. Um, yeah. But it was all good. Oh. I always belonged to Nova Scotia too. I don't know. I signed up one year and I just kept signing up to Nova Scotia. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. That was, that was great. We learned a lot about you. I think you learned a bit, bit about us. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks oh. a lot, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome, John, to the bonus round. Uh, Cam and I are going to ask you 10 rapid-fire questions. Try to answer as quick as you can. Okay. And we'll check with the judges at the end whether you get all the points or none of the points. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not ready. Again, Neither I, am I. we don't prepare the questions. <laughs> we just have to think of them off the top of our head. So. Okay. Okay. Do you want to start? I'll start because I haven't started the last yeah, okay. few times. Uh, do you wear a heart monitor when you're training? No. What current brand of shoe are you using? A6. If you're going to do the ultra, what is one thing you'd like to see to support you better at the ultra? Rapid, eh? <laughs> um, I'd like to see it not just at the track. Yeah. I think it'd be more interesting. Okay. Furthest you've run in a week, what's your largest oh. mileage? Probably 120 kilometers. Do you listen to music when you run? Not very often anymore. I used to when I started running. Yeah. What's your favorite time of day to run? Early morning. Uh, trail or road? What's your preference? Probably road. Okay. Probably road. What's What's your favorite distance to run? Um, probably half marathon. I don't have to prepare as much. So. And if someone was going to bring a race sign out for you, what would it say? <laughs> I love that I asked that last time, but get the lead out. Get the lead out. <laughs> I love it. That's the 10 questions. Oh, no, you got one more. I got one more. Uh, uh, during a race, water, Gatorade, or gels? I don't take gels. Um, I'll take a mixture of water and Gatorade. So that's 10. 10. You get the points. Yeah. <laughs> you can do with them, with them whatever you want. <laughs> Cash them in for a discount on your race registration <laughs> for a free bag of ice at the Ultra. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. That was great having you. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks. Cool.